and welcome back to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 43. I'm your host, Akatan. As always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How are you doing, Nihal? I'm doing really well, man. Uh, it was a busy, busy weekend in the soccer world. We had a lot of MLS action. We, of course, had all the cup winners, uh, Bayern Munich in Germany, PSG in France, Manchester United for the, with the FA Cup, uh, Barcelona, and Juventus. So yeah. pretty predictable, except for maybe Manchester United. Uh, well, we still predicted them to beat Palace. but Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. We're not going to talk about any of that stuff. Uh, we are going to talk about the U.S. men's national team 3-1 win versus Puerto Rico. We're also going to talk about the 23-man t- the roster, which might be the 23-man roster for the Copa America, which might be the most important news uh, in terms of American soccer that came out this weekend. Before we do get into the soccer, though, let's talk about Ambitious Strike, a wonderful clothing apparel company, a soccer-themed clothing apparel company. Uh, go check out their website, ambitiousstrike.com, A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S-S-T-R-Y-K.com. The link to that is always in the description. And make sure to use the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% discount. Yes, they've got great clothes. You should definitely go check them out. Yep. All right, so, soccer. Soccer. Soccer, soccer, sh- soccer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a great show. They should have brought that back for the... Well, yeah, I mean, I guess they're not going to. If you don't know if we're referring to, it's the it, March to the World Cup that we oh, yeah, that Roger that Roger Bennett did uh, when they were when he was a part of ESPN leading up to the 2014 World Cup. Very very interesting. Uh, I think all those clips are on YouTube somewhere. It's a great show. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're a US fan. Yeah, we got an inside look at some of what Klinsman did. And yeah, it was um, especially uh, Landon Donovan. I think yeah, that, that's what he said on that show, right? Like, I'm not a lock. Like, right? There was a lot of drama. Yeah, was, there was. was pretty cool. Um, yeah, the drama wasn't cool, but I mean, it was, it was like it, it made for interesting. It was like intense. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, yeah, but um, Manchester United fired their manager Louis Van Hall after two years of being a Manchester United coach. He was on a three-year contract, and now they look to. Uh, take over that position with Jose Mourinho, the former Chelsea man. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's been a really, really disappointing two years, this year especially. You know, of course, they had they won the FA Cup, which was a, which was good for them. Um, you know, there was a couple of bright spots in Anthony Martial, um, Marcus Rashford, Jesse Lingard, who scored the game-winning goal in the, uh, in, in the FA Cup. Uh, but other than that, you know, they finished fifth in the league, Level on points, but with a lower goal differential than Manchester City. So they won't be participating in the Champions League next year, which is always a failure for Manchester United. Uh, and, you know, it, I kind of feel bad for Van Hall because Mourinho was always going to be the guy pretty much the minute he got fired from uh, Chelsea. And, you know, there are rumors that Manchester United paid Jose Mourinho £4 million to not talk to other clubs. This has sort of been in the works for months now, and you feel bad for Van Hall because we all knew, right? We all knew this was going to happen, and to me, it just feels very, very disrespectful to the current manager. Uh, and furthermore, you know, we, we, we've seen it quite a bit lately. You know, Manchester City announced that their next manager would be Pep Guardiola, like halfway through the season. Yeah, even though Manuel Pellegrini was still doing well in the Champions League, um, not so great in the league, but yeah, it's, it's just interesting. Those those type that's always interesting to me. Um, I, I th- ultimately I think it was the right decision. I don't think what he was doing is working out. Um, Jose Mourinho can get uh, into the team. Uh, probably is going to sell a lot of players, including someone like Juan Mata, uh, who you know he sold at Chelsea, obviously. 
and bring in some of maybe some players from Chelsea, bring in some players he wants to work with, and hopefully for for Manchester United, build something there, uh, and you know can can bring him back to their former glory. Yeah, yeah. On Van Hall, I mean, yeah, he he did really produce some beautiful soccer with the Netherlands. Like uh, that was a fun team to watch. Eh, it's debatable. I mean, they were. It was a fun team to watch, maybe because of the drama that did the matches there. But I mean, their game against their game, their matches against Argentina and Costa Rica were awful. Okay, yeah, those were just awful on both sides. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, against Chile, uh, against, Chile, in the group stage. yeah, in the group stage, yeah, and against Mexico. But um, you know, and I, I mean, I, I think I agree with the decision. You know, they, they should have Champions League ambitions, and we saw the same kind of thing about David de Gea bailing them out in some matches. It's crazy to think that they could have sold him. Yeah. They're about to, to Real Madrid at the well, end of I mean, window. You know, that might not have... I mean, Kaylin Navas is killing it. And he yeah. would have been coming the other way. So they would have made some money and gotten a world-class keeper. So, you know, David De Gea, David De Gea is the best keeper in the Premier League, no question about it. Uh, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens now if he stays, because Jose Mourinho is coming in. I, I, I think it's a possibility. You have to think Real Madrid are a little less eager to take on another huge salary in David De Gea when they have a keeper like Kaylor Navas, who really have bailed, who really has bailed them out, Real Madrid, yeah. this season. Um, but, you know, I'm excited to see what they do going forward. There's a lot of great uh, managers in the, in the Premier League right now, a lot of great teams uh, with, with very, very deep rosters. Of course, the top teams do not compete with the likes of Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and Real Madrid. But from... You know, from first to like seventh, West Ham is in seventh, and they have players like uh, uh, Dimitri Paye, uh, Michael Antonio. You know, these guys are good players, and you know they just sent in a bid for Alexander Lacazette. Probably not going to get him, but there's so much money in the Premier League next year. It's going to be very, very exciting to see what happens. Yeah. Well, did you think this year the Premier League was really exciting? Of course. I mean, Leicester City won. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tottenham finished... Overall, but do you think, like, the quality of play was, like, very high? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I, I think, you know, as an Everton fan, the, I mean, it was a tough season. Um, every but, team but, but, came out to play. Yeah, every team did come out to play, except for Aston Villa. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, every besides Aston Villa, every team came out to play. It was exciting. The relegation race was exciting at the end. Um, and... You know, hopefully it continues. You know, hopefully next year we get a new, a new, a new winner like Everton. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, yeah. Why don't we move over to MLS? We uh, we're not going to cover every game in MLS from the weekend, but yeah. we have two in mind that we're going to talk about here. Yeah, we know it was Heineken rivalry week, yeah. um, but we can't cover every match just because you know we want to talk about the U.S. men's national team. Right. But very, very exciting week. A lot happened. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to start off with the New York Derby, where we saw the Red Bulls beat NYCFC 7-0 to in Yankee Stadium. 7-0. to Yeah, and uh, now NYC, the Red Bulls continue their perfect record against NYCFC. I don't think there's any question what color New York is right now. <laughs> Completely red. You, you know NYCFC is ahead in the table? I mean, not that really Fair good. enough. I mean, but, but like, if, when if these two teams are playing in, like, the, the playoffs, it's, I'm, I would take the Red Bulls any time. Any day. Uh, oh, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, it's, uh, it was just an absolute destruction. Terrible marking by NYCFC. What, were five goals from set pieces? I, I, something, maybe four. Four or five goals were some, you had the two Dax McCarty goals, um... 
No, they actually maybe yeah, those were like three or two. But. Yeah, there's two or three from set pieces. A lot of them started from set pieces initially. Yeah, I think the Gideon Boggle was from a set piece. Um, it, it, it was there was terrible marking. The atmosphere was not bad, to be honest. I thought it was pretty cool. That stadium is just awful, though. Yankees. Yeah. That, that's a different. That's a different argument. But yeah, I know you studied the game more in depth. We did watch it, but you studied the game more in depth. So why don't you talk about it? Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I don't think you can really say, I, I, I mean, I'm not sure the scoreline was a direct flex- reflection of how much New York dominated, or New York Red Bulls dominated, but, um, I definitely think that they did outplay them overall. I mean, Wright Phillips had the, the second and third goals, which were some of my favorites. Uh, Grella did a beautiful job on the left wing, yeah. set up great run, great cross. I thought it was, I mean, like, in that situation, most times you, you, it ends up being a goal kick, but he kept right. it in, sent a nice cross, and, uh, uh, all Wright Phillips had to do was tap it in, but... And then the third goal, he had the bicycle kick, which again was set up by Grella. I mean, there was a little bit of um, scrappiness in the box as he right. sent to the cross, but it came out, and <laughs> they just looked shocked, the NYCFC players, after right. the bicycle kick. Yeah, yeah. Was, was a crazy. bicycle kick, uh, not the cleanest of finishes, but it's still just still a fantastic finish. How does Dax McCarty score two goals from headers? He's the shortest player on the field. <laughs> How tall is he? I, I don't know, but he's he was the shortest player on the field, no doubt about it. Uh, definitely shorter than whoever was marking him. The, the mark, you know, RJ Allen had that great pass last week, and Mike Grella had an absolute day against him. Um, I don't know how Iraola is not starting for NYCFC. I really don't understand it. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, but you know, it's not all doom and gloom for NYCFC. Of course, this this result is going to sting. They still are second in the East. Uh, they're ahead of New York Red Bulls. Um, and, you know, they've been playing extremely well up until this point. They can't, you know, you got to just move on from this match. Yeah. they got to they gotta push it aside. Um, they still, you know... I think this game, I mean, even for the fans, uh, and, and I, in this case it was very significant for the New York Red Bulls, but I think for the fans it is more important to the Red Bulls because, I mean, it, I guess it's hard being a New York Red Bulls fan now, or it has been hard that this whole transition of, you know, this, this expansion team coming into your city or whatever. And I, I think it's the fans like to, you know... Yeah. Say, we, we're still here. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely. And it, honestly, I think at the end of the season, the Rebels finish ahead of New York, or New York City FC. I think they're the better team. Uh, but going back to Mike Grella, he's been a revelation, a little bit of a journeyman. He played at Bury, Brentford, Carolina Redhawks, Railhawks, excuse me, for a little while before coming to New York. And, you know, he has 13 goals and 45 appearances for the Rebels in MLS from the wing. That's pretty good. And he just creates so much. He's been an absolute revelation for them. It'll be interesting to see if he gets a call into January camp. He's only 20, you know, he is 29 years old. But the World Cup's only two years away now, so he'll be 31. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Bradley Wright Phillips continues to play well. But as I was saying, you know, Frank Lampard is coming back into fitness. Uh, Tommy McNamara has been playing well. Andrea Pirlo seems to have adjusted a little bit better. They got to sort out the defense there in NYCFC. But, you know, David Villa is on form. So... They still have a lot of positives. They just have to shake this match. There's really... I don't think there's anything you can take away from this, except maybe, maybe Irola starts over RJ Allen. Uh, yeah. I it, definitely think that could have helped contain Grella in this game. Right. I mean, Irola is a, is a class player. But, you know, you see the goals that, NYC, or that the Red Bulls scored. There were so many blue shirts around those players. Those goal, A lot of those goals shouldn't have occurred, especially the set-piece goals. Uh, but they got to sort that out. I'm sure Patrick Vieira will, will do what he needs to do uh, and, and sort it out. Moving over to Colorado uh, at Seattle. Uh, they played in CenturyLink on Saturday. 
Um, it was the primetime game during the night, and uh, Colorado ended up coming up with a 1-0 win on the road. Um, Stoyberg was uh, the goal scorer. He was assisted by Mark Birch off the corner kick. Um, you know, nice clean header, took a bounce, and went into the left corner. And Axel Stoyberg, 6-7. That man is... Yeah. Six I mean, he's he's been very, very good this season. The entire team, Colorado has 27 points are and are winning the Supporter Shield race. First in the West. Which, okay, this far into the season, between 11 and 14 matches, the top two, the team, the top team in the West is Colorado. The top team in the East is Philadelphia. Yeah, and I think they're both in the bottom two. Yeah, they were the, the yeah maybe Chicago I think was the yeah then it wasn't in Colorado oh I, I don't I don't oh, know. I mean, Colorado no. I think it's just ridiculous Co- yeah, Colorado yeah. a great great win Seattle still hasn't really been playing well Jordan Morris has been this is uh, he had that that run of four goals in a row snapped this weekend um, so you know he I'm sure he'll get back to form I'm sure he has a chip on his shoulder now because he wasn't called into the 23. But just a great win in CenturyLink Field for, yeah. for the Colorado Rapids, and they, they continue to play well. I'm still sticking with Real Salt Lake, who have 20 points from 11 matches this year. Um, but uh, to win the league, that is. Um, Colorado do have a better points-per-game ratio. But really, I think, I don't know how much longer Colorado can keep this up. Maybe they can. You know, They have the likes of Jermaine Jones. They have Gashi. They have Tim Howard coming in. Um, oh, yeah. I just... You know, I just feel as if one LA Galaxy is the more talented team. If they get Sebastian Lechet on the field, he should be starting. Uh, and you know, I think I think um, that front three, well, yeah. that front three for RSL is, I, is too I, good. I, we'll see. I think we'll see Lechet uh, during you know Copa America because of Zardes. Yeah, because of Zardes. Yeah, fair. Uh, speaking, of, uh, but you know, going over to Seattle, uh, I think in this game. They really could have drawn or won the game. I mean, oh. there was a lot of chances for Dempsey, and it wasn't even his fault. There was an amazing goal line, uh, a goal line clearance in the in the seventy uh, first minute by Mark Birch. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't know if shot. it was amazing. It wasn't amazing, yeah, yeah. But, but that's what happens when you put a man on the post on set pieces. That's what yeah. happens. Yeah, and, okay, it, it wasn't amazing, but it was amazing to right. me how much it felt like Dempsey should have scored in right. this game. Well, that's what I I don't want to sound too much like Steve Nichol here. But you got to put men on the post. It works. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And Seattle ended up with 66% possession. They had 17 shots, and I think Colorado at 11 or 10. So, um, I, I and watching, you know, watching the game, I definitely think that they had their fair share, share of chances. Right. Um, it looks like Dempsey did get, you know, scoring opportunities in the number 10. I don't think they should give up really on this formation yet. No, I don't think month. so. I think Jordan Morris is most effective as a striker. Yeah. And that much is evident. Um. You know, Seattle still's got a very good team. They just they got to figure it out. You know, you have Andy Kovar and uh, Eric Freeberg starting, or Aaron Kovar, excuse me. I mean, those players. I I, I don't know. I feel as if they've had. I, I don't know if those guys are exactly starting material for a top team. You know, in this match, you know, you look at the team. It's besides Ivanchitz, Alonso, Dempsey, and Morris, not too impressive. Brad Evans, they continue to play Brad Evans at center back, which he's done okay to his credit. But I mean, that's clearly not his best position. His no. best position is in the Forward. center of midfield or out wide, or maybe fullback. But I, I think center midfield is his best position. And then you look at Colorado in this match, they didn't even have Gashi, who's been playing very, very well. 
You know, you you they have players like uh, Connor Doyle, uh, Eric Miller, who, who's who's very good, Dylan Powers on the bench. So this team is very, very, very good, I think. And, you know, Jermaine Jones playing at number 10 is interesting. I don't know what it means for the U.S., Yeah. Um, but he's playing well there. And I've always found it very – I keep on saying interesting in this episode, but it's, it's always odd to me how fluid – positions are in MLS. Like, it really does not matter where people play. We've seen, we've seen Mike McGee play striker, left mid, right mid, and center mid in this in, in this season. Yeah. Brad, Brad Evans has played right mid, left back, right back, center back. Um, Jermaine Jones has played center yeah. back. We've seen Graham Zuzzi play a number of positions. Yeah. He, um, I mean, I think Graham Zuzzi is a special case because he's actually really, could be really effective at other levels from center mid and from the wing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Relatively uh, effective. Uh, yeah, uh, so do you think Seattle are going to make the playoffs, though? I mean, right now they're sitting in ninth, and... I mean, look, they have 13 points on 11 game matches played. If they get two wins, I, I always say games in hand don't really mean anything, necessarily. But two wins, and they're in the, play- and they're in the playoffs. Um, you know, they're, they're tied, they're level on points with San Jose. Um, that being said, San Jose has only played 12 matches. It's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very tough. I mean, you look at the team, Colorado in first, FC Dallas, Real Salt Lake, Vancouver, LA, San Jose. You know, those those teams don't seem like they're very, very talented teams. And I, I, it'll be hard to beat any of them out. And then ahead of them in seventh and eighth place, you have Sporting KC and Portland. So, I mean, the, the whole league, especially the West, is very, very deep this year. Uh, unfortunately for Seattle, they'd only be one point out of the playoffs in the in the East. Um, you know, the Western Conference is just better in all sports. That's really how it goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, do you think that you know, if Seattle doesn't make the playoffs, that Siggy Schmidt should be should be fired? Yes. I, I mean, yeah. I, yeah. I think. With I think the budget so. and everything else, I think that. Yeah, the, the city and the fans and the club, I think, deserves better than He that. hasn't won a title. He's won a supporter shield. But, you know, that's that's what MLS is about MLS Cup. He hasn't delivered. Um, you know, he did wonderful stuff with the crew, especially in that 07 run, 08 run. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it might be time for them to move on. All right, why don't we move on to U.S. versus Puerto Rico. Uh, you know, this game was in Puerto Rico, and it ended up being a 3-1 to one win for the U.S. Um, uh, thanks to goals from Reem, Wood, and Areola. Areola, the, the debutant, had a goal and an assist. He was uh, one of the big names from this game. Yeah, Areola, the first player uh, since Landon Donovan in 2000 against Mexico to have a goal and assist and an assist on his USMNT debut. So... Congratulations Basically, to him. Basically, he's just going to be Landon Donovan. <laughs> you know, he... I've, I've been saying for a while he reminds me of Landon Donovan. I don't think he's going to be to that level. Yeah, but, no. I mean, this but, is Puerto Rico and Mexico. It's not... Yeah, that's, no, that's comparable. very true. That's very true. <laughs> um, but that being said, he was one of the bright spots. Uh, Bobby Wood, another bright spot. DeAndre Yedlin, another bright spot. Other than that, you know, it's just so... It's so hard to watch this team sometimes. Um, you know, you think... Perry Kitchen made the, the 23-man roster, and he's playing right mid. Is he really going to be playing right, or maybe right center mid? Is he going to be really playing that position? Probably not. He'll probably be playing defensive mid. So why play Danny Williams? I, I just don't understand it. 
Um, not a huge fan of Orozco Fiscal. Don't know why he's on the roster. Uh, but on the 23, but we'll get to the 23 man roster. Other than that, not a very exciting match. Yeah. The number one thing we learned in this match is that the cameraman is absolutely awful. <laughs> I mean, that was one of the worst broadcasts I've ever seen. Even the commentary, I thought, was not very good. Um, I think it... Okay, so Fox owns the rights to Champions League and, you know, a lot of U.S. soccer friendlies and, like, other CONCACAF stuff. But it it really shows that they care way more about the Champions League. Because I see, like... I don't... I mean, maybe but, but it's not there. It's feeling. not their feed. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, yeah. Yeah, So, it's not so there's, feet. like, a, uh, a worldwide oh, Champions League feed? Yeah, okay. I, I, I assume so. Um, but Because, I mean, I have not been impressed with their production in the U.S. matches, but at the 2015 Women's World Cup, they were very good. So I think they, okay. I think they can step up their game. Yeah. Um, we're not here to bash on Fox Sports. No, not but, at all. You know, there's not a whole lot you can take from this game. We, you know, we got first caps with Fafa Pico who didn't do much. I thought another bright spot, potentially, if you're really reaching, if you're really grasping for straws, was Julian Green. He had that nice move and that rocketing shot. Um, but he's got he's to move on from Bayern Munich this summer. And uh, one of the Bayern greats, actually, t- a couple days ago or today, Paul Breitner, uh, came out and said, you know, Julian Green needs to leave the club for two or three years like Philip Lahm or Tony Cruz. Uh, I mean, even being in the same breath as those players from a great Bayern Munich and Germany player is good for Julian Green. Move away from the club, establish himself as a first-team player, and then move back to Bayern Munich. I don't even know if that's feasible. That's, that's what he said. Yeah, okay. uh, but <laughs> He's not in charge of these decisions. No, I, I know, but he's, you know, if, if that's possible, great, but he really yeah. needs to move on. He needs to be playing some first-team football. Uh, AC yeah. Milan, I think, is... Not necessarily ideal, but it's a big club. Yeah, I mean, he, he's linked with them right now. I, th- I think that would be pretty exciting. I, I don't know. I don't know if he would play, actually. Maybe he'll come to the Everton. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, I thought Bobby Wood in the 34th minute scored a pretty nice goal. I, I thought maybe there was a foul on the on the play leading up to that counterattack from the but U.S. But there was an advantage. No, no, after that. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Everyone I mean, was kind of confused. It was controversial because we didn't kick it out of play. But the pass from Areola and the run from Wood, after, even after he got the ball, was just really nice. And the finish uh, right over Matthew Sanchez was um, pretty nice. I think he right. did a pretty good job. And I think the, the worrying thing about this match is we had two ideas. Those nice looping runs that eventually led to that goal, um, coming across the penalty box and having someone curl that ball in for the, for the running striker. Um, in this case, Bobby Wood. The other idea was uh, have DeAndre Yedlin run up the wing and cross it in. I mean, there was no... I don't know. I mean, it was somewhat effective, but, you know, 3-1 to one against Puerto Rico, I don't think that's a good result. I know a lot of these guys don't have a lot to play for, and they're not even... Some of them, nine, seven or what, how many of them that played, aren't even our best 40... Part of our best 40 players, apparently. So... Who said that? Well, I mean, none of them were some. Of, a lot of those guys were oh, on, on the, the preliminary roster. Yeah, a lot of them were on the yeah. preliminary roster. So there's just not a whole lot. You know, there's no point really talking about the match more. Like, just not a whole lot to take from it. Yeah, we should talk about Puerto Rico's goal though. Yeah, but yeah, Bittencourt. Uh, so yeah, Florida International. That's the team he played for, and he he the, the, co- really the college. Nice strike. Yeah, the, the university. Right. <laughs> Not to be confused with that he's playing like NASL or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he put a really nice strike past Guzan into the top right corner. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Tim Ream had the throw in, and there was no one could really get the ball. So then it, you know, it was off that failed throw in, and then there was a couple. They strung a couple passes together, and it was a nice shot outside the box. Yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful shot. Um, you know, it's funny. I think uh, Ivis Galarsep, yeah, he tweeted. This is the exact exact tweet. There's something amazing about a Conference USA striker scoring a golazo on a Bundesliga defender and a Premier League goalkeeper. And it just kind of puts you put that into perspective. I mean, it's a college kid, um, and to you know come out, you know, get him into the U.S. national team setup. Uh, I assume he's a U.S. citizen. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but uh, yeah, great goal, great moment for Puerto Rico, and they had a chance to tie it up with another volley that ju- went just wide of the post in the second half. Um, you know, they played well. Yeah, they I would just well. like to move on from this game. Yeah, you know, it wasn't it wasn't very it wasn't very good. It wasn't very exciting. Bollywood though, his fifth goal for the U.S. men's national team. So, yeah, it was, it was a good very, goal. Very it was a good goal too. I think. I think. You know, that was a question about what his position should really be for the U- for the U.S., but now it's definitely... It's got to be striker. striker yeah. But I think Dempsey might play there. And Bobby Wood will play on the left side in a 4-3-3. But basically what you're saying, with a, with a healthy U.S. men's national team, we're not starting Bobby Wood. No, no, no. I think we should. Or two strikers. I think he should start over Josie Outdoor any day of the week. But if that would actually happen, I don't know. Really? Yeah. Has, Josie hasn't scored a goal in MLS this season. I know. So, but, yeah. Bobby Wood scored, for the US Bobby Wood scored 17 okay. league goals. When is the last time Josie Elder scored for the U.S.? Seriously, do you remember? The, the, I think the last international break. Did he? I, I want to say so. The, the last time he played. Oh, wait, he did, yeah, in January yeah. camp. Didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, I think he did. January camp, he scored Bobby, Bobby Wood wasn't even there. But... Bobby Wood has scored against the okay, Netherlands, fine. against so Germany. Once Josie scores, everyone says, like, oh, it doesn't really matter how he plays for club. We should just play him anyway. I think I mean, he should be on the roster. I mean, I, I think Josie's one of our best strikers. But, I mean, Bo- the, the form Bobby Wood is in, I don't see how – I don't see – he's in form for the U.S. and for, for his club team. How does he not play? Yeah, I, I I think it also depends on what kind of team you're you're actually playing. Because I mean, if the team's gonna Fair sit enough. back and park the bus, then I'd rather have Altador. Okay, I, you know I'm tired of this. Altador is not a post up back to goal striker. He's more he's than Bobby Wood. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But he's <laughs> better. The the best time, the best scoring run of his life was for Azad Alkmaar when he could play with the ball at his feet. He played left wing some matches. That's his. That's where he's the best. When his when his front stickle, he, he's not that big. Like he's built. He's not that tall. I think he, no. He's good at combination play when his back is to a defender, and then he passes it at like one twos. Are you just remembering the Italy goal? Is that what you're? I'm is remembering that, a couple. Things. Is that what you were? Is that what you were imagining in your mind? That was his Italy goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's because that's the last time he did that. That's yeah, not the last time he did that. No, right, I, know, I know, have to... I know. <laughs> but I really think he's just better. I, I mean, I think the stats prove it. I think that's when he's the most confident. Uh, but you know, I mean, he's—he obviously has that big man aura or whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah he's. So, I mean, yeah. So, what so, is he? An inch taller than Aaron Johansson? Would you call Aaron Johansson a, a target forward? 
I mean, I think... Sort of fair share. I, no, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think he plays just as much like a target forward. But, I mean, Alan Johansson is a better dribbler. I think Johansson's more versatile. Sure. But, yeah. I mean, so I wouldn't... I wouldn't... I would I mean, say you could play him in more against more teams than yeah. Josie Altador. But Aaron Johansson is not even like. A anyway, it's a moot point. Neither of those guys. USA. Are, is, neither of those guys are going to be at the Copa America. Um, Aaron Johansson or Josie Altador. Yes. Uh, the U.S. is playing on May 25th versus, uh, against Ecuador at 8 p.m. So catch that game. It will be exciting, and it will feature the players from the roster that we're about to talk about uh, and, from the uh, cut down 23 man roster. Yeah, most players. I think there'll still be some MLS players missing. Uh, Kel- but Kellen Acosta got called up for this friendly, so I don't know what that means. Yeah. I, I think that'll be exciting to see. I hope they play him in the center. That's not, that's not going to happen. It's probably because Fabian Johnson's injured and we need someone <laughs> to cover at left back. Well, I mean, I, just, I like him in the center. Who doesn't? Klinsman. <laughs> yeah. That's the guy who met, whose opinion matters. But we yeah. we're just talking about strikers, and I wanted to say, um, I think... Obviously, we're going to start with Bobby Wood in the Copa America because you don't have Altador. I mean, I guess there's still a chance of Dempsey, but... You don't think, think Wando's going to start? No. <laughs> He's a change-up off the bench. But okay. Jordan Morris is the omission that I wanted to just talk about because... Um, what are your thoughts on that? Are you disappointed or... You know, I don't I'm think dis- he's ready. But. I'm disappointed because I wanted to see him, but I get it. I mean, I don't think Wando and Jordan Morris are similar players at all, but if that's what it's coming down to... Then I get it. You know, maybe maybe the player I would get rid of for Jordan Morris is Perry Kitchen, because we have a lot of defensive... We have Michael Bradley, Jermaine Jones, and Kyle Beckerman. Um, but... Uh, and even Jeff Cameron can play yeah, there. Yeah, even Jeff Cameron can play there if need be. Um, but, you know, I, I don't mind it. I don't think... Morris, of course, is in form for Seattle. I think Pulisic is the better player right now, so I think even comparing those two doesn't really make sense. Uh, do you think Jordan Morris could play and score for... Just just ask yourself, no. if you don't think Pulisic is ready, ask yourself, can any of these players on our on our team start, play, and score for Borussia Dortmund? And there's your answer. Can G- Would Giassi Zardes make Borussia Dortmund's bench? Probably. He scored twice, right? Yeah. Pulisic, Pulisic yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Maybe like six... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so he he's ready. You know, I... Have forgiven Chris Wondolowski. I'm excited for him. I just feel like Klinsman should have been on this earlier. Though. I'm excited. I'm excited for Chris Wondolowski. I think he's going to score a goal. I think he's going to redeem himself. I really hope he does because he's a hard worker. He's been such a good scorer uh, in, for San Jose for many, many years. You know, I was a little worried watching him play against LA this weekend because he missed three pretty good chances. Um, but, you know, one was saved, one was off the bar, was also saved. The other one he just missed. But Wondolowski's in form, man. He's playing yeah. really, really well this year. And, you know, he's a guy who I feel like deserves this opportunity. I've forgiven him. It's not fair to hold him to that one goal. No, I, d- I don't hold that him one either, goal. But, I mean, it's... Wondolowski is never going to be in a position where he can start for the U.S. Men's National Team and just score goals, I don't think. He's always going to be that labeled poacher or whatever that, that we need to bring on. But like sometimes you need that. No, and I know that's fine, but, like, there shouldn't... I I mean, it is what it is. There's nothing really more to say about Wanda Lowski. I think people are outraged because they're strictly anti-Klinsman. And I am no fan of hearing Klinsman. You know that. But this roster, you know, there's a couple of players I'd like to see there, like Alfredo Morales, 
Lee Wynn. Um, yeah, I mean, why don't we wait to see how they're organized to get frustrated? Right, yeah, you know, I, I, this roster, you know, you can't say really that there's anyone there who does not deserve to be there. Michael uh, Roscoe. Um, oh, Michael Roscoe, maybe. Maybe that's the one. That one right? um, maybe that's the one. And Jossie has never really impressed me for the national team, but I've expected that's, that's the other thing. We've come to expect it. But Jossie Zardes is not... I mean, I, he's, you know he's going to start. He's going to be on the same field as James Rodriguez and Juan Cuadrado on the other side of the pitch. I don't get I don't get it. I really hope he doesn't start. Yeah, I don't. I hope it's Bobby Wood and Christian Pulisic in a 4-3-3. Yeah, if Zardes starts over Pulisic, then I'm, I'm going to be very mad. I think looking at this roster, I think Darlington Nagby is a wide player here. Um, I mean, Zuzi, Zardes, Pulisic, Nagby... Uh, who's wearing the number 10? I'm excited to see that. And Bedoya are the wide players. Maybe Clint Dempsey, who's played there before. Um, but a lot of versatility in the roster. Is there anyone that you think should have been there that did not make this roster? Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if Discord made it. But, uh, but he does not deserve it. Yeah, I don't it. think he deserves it. Based on how he's been playing in MLS and everything else. No one is talking about Alfredo Morales. I mean, this is a guy who's yeah. starting and playing consistently in the, in the for a mid-table Bundesliga team. Um, a lot of people are upset about Timmy Chandler. Timmy Chandler, by the way, suffered an injury in the relegation playoff, which Frankfurt won. But it looks like he'll be fine. Uh, he's, he still is going to report to camp um, on Tuesday, probably when this, po- well, when, when this podcast is going up. Um, I don't mind it. You know, he's playing decently well. I think, I mean, who else are you going to take? Edgar Castillo? What other fullbacks were on this 40-man roster that maybe... I mean, who who else? Yeah. Tim Ream? I mean, is Tim Ream really better than Timmy Chandler? I, I, I think the case can be made. I uh, know. I don't <laughs> think so. There's a reason why Timmy Chandler's playing in the Bundesliga and Tim Ream is playing in the championship. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, you can look at it like that, I guess. But, I mean... I think... I'm sorry, go ahead. I... Tim Ream has kept a consistent role playing week in and week out for his, for this. I mean, that's fair. Granted, I mean he's been he's at a lower level of play, but like, that's fair. Still, I think well, Timmy Chandler. You know, there's only how many fullbacks are there on this roster? Jeff Cameron can be f- play fullback. Timmy Chandler, uh, Fabian Johnson, and DeAndre Yedlin. Orozco and Birnbaum actually can also play fullback. Um, but really, the only left-footed players, uh, left-footed defenders, are Matt Beasler and John Brooks. Um, and I think the only other left-footed player on the team is Brad Guzan. Um, so, uh, you know, I would not be surprised if at some point in this tournament, Matt Beezer is playing left-back. I, th- I really think that's going to happen. Um, good. But if you look at a potential backline of DeAndre Yedlin, Jeff Cameron, John Brooks, and Fabian Johnson, I think that's a great backline. I think it's the best backline we feel it in years. Yeah. I, I I mean I, I can agree with that. I, I think so. I'm excited about yeah, that. Nothing, nothing nothing concerns me too much about about the back line too much. Maybe Michael Roscoe. Yeah, I mean I feel like he could start. I hope he doesn't. I think Steve Birnbaum and Matt Beasler are ahead of him. I hope they are. Um, Jurgen's already made a mistake of calling him up so much. I think I'm I'm just I'm fine with him coming back. I guess same thing with the artist kind of. Yeah, you know it's interesting. There are, there's, there's a lot of center backs here. You know. Could we be 
Could we play a 5-3-2, 3-5-2 with Fabian Johnson and DeAndre Edwin at wingbacks? I don't know if that would work, but uh, it's possible. Yeah, I don't, I don't want that. You don't? No. John Brooks, Matt, John Brooks, Matt Beasler, and Jeff Cameron? Or John Brooks, Jermaine Jones, and Jeff Cameron in the center of defense? I, I don't think it would work, but I'm just saying. It's intriguing. Yeah. I mean, that's I, the first I, thing I thought when I saw it. This roster does provide for more possibilities, I think. Yeah. But the last time we played it was against Chile last year. Was that last year? Jesus. It's a long yeah. time ago. Well, well it's um, like a regular team. Like, I think we did see a three in the back at some point in this game versus Puerto Rico. Yeah, we did. We but, did switch yeah. to it. Yeah. But, I, yeah. I mean, once again, it's against Puerto Rico. Yeah, it's not. It but, you know, it could, be, it could be something. Did it concern you that, uh, I mean, this is a little bit, you know, a little bit of a tangent, but um, did it concern you that Klinsman said that Tim Howard was his second option at keeper? No, no. I, I thought you were, you know, a big proponent of uh, Ethan Horvath. Oh well, yeah, but that was never going to happen. It was always between Brad Guzan and Tim Howard. I think it's a toss-up. I think both are on the decline. Neither are in form. Both had woeful seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, no. I, I mean, I, yeah, whatever. I, but, I think Brad Guzan should have started. I'm, yeah, I'm just I glad thought Ethan, Hor- Ethan Horvath should have been the second. No, that was never going to happen. I think, uh, I mean, if I were to choose, I think Ethan Horvath would be my starter, to be honest. I think he's the best goalkeeper in the pool, and when healthy, I think Bill Hamid's the second best keeper in the pool. And I think those two are interchangeable. But, uh, you know, I'm just glad he chose a starter. I'm glad that we're not rotating goalkeepers during the tournament. So, good job, Jurgen. Um Ethan Horvath, really, really glad he got called up. I don't know what it means for... I think Norway is still in season, aren't they? Don't they go through the summer? So I don't know if that means... Is it worth it for him to miss uh, time with his club to be a third-choice keeper? Maybe, to get that experience. Maybe he gets a, maybe he gets a move to a bigger club. Um, yeah, they are in session. So, yeah. you know, it's 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 t- that's a tough one. Hopefully he can go back to Molde and, and reclaim his serving job. But overall, you know, no big surprise. How do you think we're going to line up? I th- I'm hoping it's a four-three-three. Uh yeah. I, th- I mean, I think that. I think Ch- I want to see Bobby Wood by himself up top. Um, so where does Dempsey play? I I don't think we've ever done it before, but it, you, we can play a ten in the four-three-three. Nah, that's too attacking. It's too attacking. Uh, we get destroyed by Colombia. Yeah, probably. <laughs> But we, maybe we could try to get against Costa Rica. You know, actually, I, well, you know what I, I ideally see? Michael Bradley in that holding midfield role. Jermaine Jones and Darlington Nagby in the midfield three with him. Pulisic, Dempsey, and Wood as our front three. I think that'd be excellent. And then the pack line I mentioned before, Fabian Johnson, uh, John Brooks, Jeff Cameron, and uh, DeAndre Edler. But what was your midfield? Nagby, Nagby, Bradley, and Jones. I think Bradley can play the number six role, but I think I, I think we're going to see Beckerman, Bradley, and Jones. That's probably what we're going to see. We're probably going to see Zardes and Dempsey. Yeah, we could see Nagby on the wing. Yeah, That's I possible. think I think it's possible. We'll probably see Zuzi. I don't want to um, see Nagby on the wing. I mean, it's fine, I guess, yeah. but I would rather. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Jeff Cameron might play right back. Wait, so you, did you have Bedoya starting? Oh, actually, oh, yeah, I don't know. Bedoya probably should start. Well, this is good, man. I'm feeling better yeah, now. Yeah, because we're having a conversation. Yeah, I'm feeling better now. 
I, I don't think Pulisic is going to start realistically. So, uh, Zardes is Zardes has to start, right? Maybe um, not every match. No, but he I, mean, has I don't to want him to, but probably he probably will. Yeah. Anyway, let us know what you guys think about the roster. Email us at soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Let us know what you guys think. Uh, maybe we'll have a poll on Twitter a little bit later. Um, Sahel's working on his starting lineup right now over here. Uh, this is just an idea. So, I mean, you could play a 4-1-2-1-2, but, I mean, Bradley... So where does Bradley play? Out wide? Like, right, I mean, it's, it's kind of a... It's kind of a flexible, like, Nagby's playing more out wide than Bradley would be. See, that, works, like in, that works in FIFA. I don't think it's going to work in real life, that formation. I, well, we, we've seen, like, Bedoya play a type of center mid where he, where he pinches out wide. Same with, we've seen, um... But I think I think for that to work... the same way a winger can play, like, more central. Yeah, but I think Bedoya, Bedoya okay. would play out wide and Bradley would be the number 10. Like, if you just Actually, made, that makes more sense. If you just made this flat, Bradley, Jones, Nagby, and Bedoya on the wing, and then Dempsey and Zardes, or Dempsey and Wood up top... I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly... I think that makes more sense, especially since we have, like, a, a core in the, with yeah. Jones is... Yeah. You know, maybe Jones is not a lock to be a starter. It's possible. You, you just said Beckerman. I think that could definitely happen. But I think we are going to play with a six. I think so, too. I hope Bradley is a six, though. That is my hope for this really? tournament. Yeah. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. It's getting close. It's tomorrow. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Kellen Acosta being called in, we'll see. I think he could be a liability, though, because he might try to get forward a lot. I mean, I trust Bradley. Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Beckerman is going to be disciplined. Jones is, I mean, they're going to be a little bit more disciplined. Bradley's been playing a six for Toronto. (laughs) A six for Toronto. What? It's like called the six. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, but this is is different. We're not playing MLS teams. Yeah, but Bradley can play the six. If you have Bradley and Jones in there... They can cover for each other. Then you have an attacking player like Nagby. I mean, it's. It, I think that works. I. You know what? To be honest, if we do a lineup like that and getting beaten by Columbia three to one or four to two, I think I'm okay with it. If we transition to that type of play. Yeah. I mean, I. I'm gonna. That's. I'm gonna not be okay with it when it actually happens. But on the, <laughs> on the bigger, on the bigger scale, I think I think I would be okay with it. All right. That's enough about the U.S. national team. You know, let's see what happens in the friendly. Like I said, please let us know what you guys think. Now, let's let's move on. We're going to do um, some European awards. Okay, so for the top five European leagues, we're going to do best player, which is obviously going to be an offensive player, um, best manager, and best defender. I know I sprung that on you just now, but um, why don't you start with your best player first? Uh, the best defender. Wait, the... What if that's my best player? I know it's not. I know who your best player is. <laughs> my best player is Luis Suarez. He led La Liga in goals, and he was huge, especially uh, when Messi was injured for part of the season for Barcelona, and he stepped up a lot. 40 goals and 16 assists. I don't like him. I hate yeah. him. <laughs> 40 goals and 16 assists for Luis Suarez. And I knew you were going to pick Luis Suarez, so I actually chose a different guy. Not Riyad Mahrez. Gonzalo Higuain. 36 goals for Napoli this season. Not a whole lot of support. I mean, he did it a lot by himself. They, they, yeah. they do have Insigne players like Hamstrick. They have class players. But definitely did not have the service that a player like Luis Suarez is having. Um, Gonzalo Goyen, rumors that he will go to PSG to replace Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, poor Cavani. That would be a great um, move. Yeah, I mean, I think... I, I, I think that turns Napoli into, like, 
not a PSG feeder club. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's true. Actually, let's see Cavani. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I, I think I, I think I mean someone some team has got to make a big offer for him. Uh, maybe Roma. <laughs> That'd be awesome. No, I do not see that happening at all. We <laughs> actually have to. We haven't sold enough, so we have to sell by like July. Like thirty million dollars. Okay. Otherwise, we're not we're not able to play in the Champions League. Oh, so financial, fair, financial, financial fair, fair play. play. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. And that's just a random side note. But um, manager of the year. Uh yeah, I'm gonna call Claudio Ranieri. Yeah, you know I'm gonna go with Claudio Ranieri. I was thinking, okay, he's gonna do Claudio Ranieri. Who else but, can I go with? But but if Diego Simeone wins the Champions League final, then I'll be tempted. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, he's fantastic. And Zinedine Zidane did a great job, too. Yeah. Um, I was thinking maybe Spalletti, but, uh, no. I mean, um, he, did a, he did a great job, did a great but job. the manager of the year is a little bit of a stretch. I don't think he... But, I mean, like, anyone looks good after Garcia. I mean, Ranieri, yeah. But Ranieri, you know, amazing job with Leicester City, winning the league with, with such a low budget. You know, a man who had the reputation, his name was, his nickname was literally the Tinker Man, kept the same starting 11 consistently, um, except for injuries and suspensions. You know, this is a guy who was fired, who was fired from the Greek national team because uh, they lost to the Faroe Islands. So, um, you know, it's 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 just such a such a great story. For it's such a great story. All right, yeah. Moving on, who is your defender of the year? Um, I'm gonna go a little, a little maybe underground. Um, I'm going to go Toby Alderweireld, and I think he completely changed Tottenham's defense. Uh, he averaged 1.2 tackles a game and 1.7 interceptions. Um, you know, made, he played all 38 games for Tottenham. Um, you know, obviously there are players who who were extremely good this year, like uh, Diego Godin is is one that comes to mind. Um, Giorgio Chiellini, I don't think he played that much though, um, but. I think Toby Alderweireld just completely changed the complexion of, of Tottenham's defense. Yeah, I definitely could agree with that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I wanted to say Diego Godin, but he missed he missed like the last month of the season. Right. Um, and I think that Atletico Madrid also conceded very little because of uh, Oblak, who did a great job. Yeah. So can I say Oblak? Yeah, I mean you can go keep it. It's technically <laughs> right. a defender. Yeah, and uh, I'm just I'm just very excited for the Champions League final this weekend. So. Yeah, yeah, Oblox, that's a good shout. All right, guys, thank you guys for listening to the Soccer Brothers podcast. Um, definitely check us out on social media. Uh, I am Instagram at Soccer Bros Pod. Uh, say, uh, the same handle for Twitter at Soccer Bros Pod. We're on Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Um, our website should be coming out soon. Anything to add, Sahil? Well, we have to plug Ambitious Strike, the amazing sports apparel brand. Uh, if you want to check out their merchandise, go to ambitiousstrike.com. If you want 15% off your entire purchase, then enter the code BROTHERS at checkout. It's a great deal. It helps you. It helps us. It helps Ambitious Strike. It's yeah. a win-win-win. Yeah. It's Michael Scott would say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> check out the link to that in the description. All right, with that, we'll see you after the U.S. men's national team match against Ecuador on episode 44 of the Soccer Brothers podcast. Thanks for listening, guys.